Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Tracy Osborne, and you're listening to the Daring Woman Podcast. Imagine the story of a generation being altered by women who are empowered to live their truth and in turn can empower others to live theirs. It's time to rewrite the narrative. Hi, welcome back to another episode of the Daring Woman Podcast. I am your host, Tracy Osborne, and with me today is Marsha Moran. And, um, you know, Marsha has... Uh, quite a unique story about how, you know, one day her life just changed. You know, you, you, everything is, is exactly where she wanted it to be. Um, her business was great. Her relationship was fantastic. And then all of a sudden she woke up one day and things were completely different. So Marsha, welcome to the show. Thank you, Tracy. I'm excited to have you here um, because your story um, kind of resonates with what has happened in my life with family members. So uh, with that being said, let's go ahead and, you know, tell us your story. Tell us what happened that day when you woke up. Well, okay. So I woke up one Sunday morning and I knew that things were off. So I texted my friend and said, I wasn't going to meet her for breakfast breakfast and the text didn't turn out right it was all funny so I said I'm just gonna text her later I put the phone down I rolled over and I got the most incredible headache and despite the headache I still fell asleep and I don't know how long it was but the next time I woke up I knew I was in real trouble and I knew that because I had no movement on my right side of the body from my feet all the way up to the top of my head. So I guess I realized that I either needed to get out of bed and find help or else maybe I wouldn't get out of bed at all. So I rolled myself to the floor (laughs) and grabbed myself inch by inch across the carpet using my left hand. Oh my goodness. And I realized when I got to the door that it was closed. So I had to reach up to open it. And I couldn't get it the first few times. But finally, it snuck open. And after a, I'm calling it brief, I don't know how, how long it was. But after a brief rest, I started dragging myself down the hallway until I totally ran into gas and I couldn't move. Mm. Now there was something that made a crash and I don't know what it was, but my husband came upstairs to see what was going on. And he asked me, are you all right? (laughs) (laughs) I just thought I'd lay here for a while. Exactly. And 
I couldn't talk. And that's the first time I realized that I had no voice. So he said he was going to call 911, and he did. And he waited for the ambulance to arrive. Mm-hmm. And it was the paramedics that said stroke for the first time. We hadn't, either one of us thought of the word stroke. And he was devastated by the word. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I really thought about it because it wasn't much long after that, that I just, I, I was out of it. I, I was completely, I lost consciousness. Wow. Yeah. What was, what was going through your mind? I mean, I, I can't even imagine um, what would be going through your mind other than, you know, probably like fear and I need help. That was just it. I, I was afraid and I needed help. And it was all I could do to get out to be noticed. And if it had been Monday or any day during the week and I'd been home alone, I think I probably would have died. Mm-hmm. Because, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it was early in the morning when it happened. And I still think it was morning when I got to the hospital. But if I'd have been there all day, there's no way I could have survived. Right. Or if you had, I'm sure the outcome would have been completely different. Exactly. Than what it is now. Yeah. So you get to the hospital and what happens? So in the hospital, my husband had three nurses hovering around him, asking him questions <laughs> and he got it out. But he finally said, can I please just have a moment to think (laughs) because he had so much going on. Mm -hmm. He had his moment to think, got his head squared away and said, okay, I can answer them, but just answer them one at a time (laughs) or ask them once at a time. And when they got enough of my hospital um, records, Mm -hmm. they uh, took me, and I guess I don't really know because I was completely out of it. Um, I had 11, um, tests done on me I can only remember one of them (laughs) Mm. Um, so the only thing I can remember was I woke up in the hospital someone had put me in a hospital gown and I had a needle in my arm and I'm going okay and here's the interesting thing that night they said you're going to go for a walk and I went Okay. Now, I didn't know how this would be possible because I couldn't really walk, at, mm-hmm. you know. So an occupational therapist put a large belt around my waist. Mm-hmm. She mostly carried me <laughs> around the nurse's station. And I did have some movement in my right leg. And so... I thought of myself as like coming from the movie of Young Frankenstein where Igor, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. I was going clump, clump. Yes, master. (laughs) 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 But at least I had got enough movement so my leg could kind of move. Yeah. And it, when she got me back to the bed, I was completely tired and 
as soon as she took the belt off, I fell asleep like right away. Um, But they say that getting exercise back into your schedule is really important. Mm -hmm. And I guess it's true because (laughs) that was the first day of the stroke. Jeez. But I realized... The rest for the weary. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So there is no rest for a stroke victim for years. Right. Um, And it's... I don't know how it is for every stroke victim, but I did not know pain until I had my stroke. So what I used to think of as a 10 isn't close to what a 10 is really like because my side, my right side hurt for years after. Hmm. And it's interesting that everything affected your right side when typically it's the left side that is affected. Um, So I don't know about that because the left side of my brain had the stroke. So it was the right side of the body that was affected. Ah, okay. Okay. That would make sense. Yeah. Um, You know, uh, so, you know, talking about the pain, I am the caregiver for my stepmom. She had a stroke in 2012 and she is essentially um, paraplegic. She can, Mm she can move her, her right leg a little tiny bit, mm-hmm. the left leg, not at all. Um, she can stand as long as she's holding on to something or she has assistance, but that's it. Um, well. and so I have noticed that the smallest things seem to irritate her, her body, you know, mm-hmm. she's not on right or, the blankets are pressing on her toes too much or, you know, something that most people would be like, are you just finding things to nitpick and complain about? And um, it's, it's actually, she is just highly sensitive now. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry for you. Um, that has got to be such a horrible situation for her, her to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wasn't, super super sensitive to things like that but i will tell you that the pain i had went on for years and i still have pain but it's much lower now and i can ignore that it's there if you will Mm -hmm. um but i can't imagine what it would be like to be super sensitive for years on end as well yeah yeah I, I can't imagine. I, and I try and put myself in her shoes, you know, um, because of course I get frustrated as a caregiver. Um, right. <laughs> and, and, you know, I try to remind myself, okay, you know, here we have this woman who never sat down, never stopped moving, um, highly independent and bam, she is now 100% dependent on people. Um, and she's getting a lot better, of course, you know, she goes to the gym three times a week and, and all of that, but, um, there's still a lot to be said for, you know, you're doing your daily life and bam, all of a sudden you can't do anything. Exactly. Exactly. So how did you cope with that? (laughs) Well, I tried to look on the positive side of things Mm -hmm. and so I don't care how small an effort or how small a thing was as long as I made effort to get better every single day, that was 
my goal. Right. So, um, and you may laugh, but sometimes, so when I would brush my teeth, I would spit, right? Mm-hmm. And my right hand was over the sink and I'd go, okay, move your hand. And it wouldn't move fast enough. So the spit would drop on it. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, darn. You have to move your hand first. It took me a long time to remember that. But the day I remembered to move my arm first was a day that I thought, aha, I have this one now. (laughs) And it's those little things that most people don't think about that are important to me. Um, Sometimes it was just smiling a little bit because, you know, my right side was numb at one point so Mm -hmm. I couldn't really move my right side much and so I've learned now to smile a lot and my smile is a little lopsided but not much so it's just the little things that you do yeah um I I know you talk a lot about um you know of course learning how to get whole again and, and learning how to um, just do the daily things, but you also talk about, um, you know, how important it is to be a healthcare advocate for yourself. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I completely agree with that. Uh, you know, so, you know, let's talk a little bit about that because I'm sure your husband had to learn a whole lot all of a sudden. (laughs) Yes, he did. You know, and the interesting thing is he wasn't even thinking about that until I was in the hospital. Sure. And uh, I think the first time he thought about it, they'd taken me from the ER and I was just coming to my room and the nurse stopped and put me on the toilet. And then she went Mm -hmm. out to make the bed and they hear a crash. Well, I had no movement really on my right hand side and they came in and looked at me. And that's when he realized that he was the one who made, had to make sure that there was an advocate for me. Nobody else would care all that much. Right. And it's not saying that the nurse wasn't trying to do her job, but there's so few, I, this is me, it may not be true, but there's so few people in the hospital that she was trying to multitask. Oh, yeah. I think. Yeah. And, and so um, the next thing he found out is that I was supposed to have liquids um, because I couldn't have anything solid or else it would choke me. Mm, so okay. the hospital sent up a meal for me. I'm going, ooh, a meal, ha-ha. <laughs> and I started eating. Well, of course, I choked. And they came into the room and the nurses said, why do you do that? you know, that's going to choke her. And my husband realized that, okay, now in order, in order to make sure that I wouldn't choke, he had to watch every bite of food I took as well. Oh my goodness. So, (laughs) and he didn't tell me, or at least I don't remember him telling me, but that's the point where he got really scared because that's the point where he went, she could really die from this. Right. You know, so yeah, it's important to be an advocate. But I think at a certain point, I had to become my own advocate, because I'm the person who decided whether or not I was going to exercise. 
I'm the person who decided I, if I was going to eat right or not. And I think those are important decisions to realize that you have to make the stroke victim aware of. Like, mm-hmm. okay, um, I'm here to help you, but it's really you who has to make your own decisions if they can. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I'm medical power of attorney um, for her, but she's still very much involved in her own health, you know, her, her healthcare, her decisions, yeah. you know, what are we going to do with this? What are we going to do with that? Um, yeah. But in, in the case of, you know, there's been times where she's gotten a UTI or something like that. And it, it um, causes her to have dementia when she gets those, you know, so in those cases, she can't be her own advocate. And yeah. so that's when I definitely step in. Yep. And, and it's very important that you are, you know, and, and I think personally, um, during the first initial, whatever it is that's happening, uh, the yep. first you know, initial trauma crisis, whatever, um, you probably should have somebody else there. Absolutely. Your advocate, um, because you know, you're, you're busy just fighting to, survive basically right well, and a, a lot of times you i mean if somebody says something to me i understand them but as soon as they walk out of the room i can't remember what we talked about so i right. i definitely needed an advocate for me for a while um but i think in some situations you need to take over advocacy at your own point mm-hmm. because only you can speak up for what you need. Right. Um, yeah. We can only do so much, but we're not in your body. You're not in my body. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, so how long did it really take you to, I'd say get back to normal, but that's not quite the right word because now you have a new normal. Um, well, I guess, how long did it take you to reach your new normal? Um, well, I guess I think I reached it at four and a half years after my stroke. Okay. That's, I went to bed one night and I woke up the next morning and things had finally clicked into place for me. And by that, I mean, I think I could think normally Uh again and for some reason it's felt like I'm back. Um, My gait looks normal to people, but it's not really. I can feel that it's off. Mm -hmm. Um, But most people meeting me for the first time don't realize that I had a stroke. Um, I think for me also, I'm still trying to get to my new normal. So I'm doing therapies that will make my foot stop quirking on me. So my right foot still quirks on me every day, all day. Oh, yes. I would like that to go away, please. That would be nice, right? I don't know if I'll make it, but I sure am going to try. That's all you can do. That's all you can do, exactly. Um, So I guess I feel like I'm at my new normal, but I want to be better. Well, and, 
and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, we're, we're never a finished uh, product, right? So right. there's always room for improvement regardless. Right. Of what's going exactly. on. Yeah. So, well, I am so glad that you were able to come on and talk with us today. Tell us a little bit about your story and, um, you know, just inspire those out there who are struggling with their own disabilities or challenges. Um, you know, you can learn to find a new normal. It may not be what you had before, but you can learn to find a new normal. Well, thank you, Tracy. I have been honored to be on your show. And you wrote a book about this, right? I want to make sure yes, I mention that. Yes, it's uh, called Stroke Forward, How to Become Your Own Healthcare Advocate, One Step at a Time. Fantastic. Um, if you are listening to this on the website, the book will be um, right below the audio player. You can just click on that and it'll take you over to Amazon. If you're listening to this on one of our syndicated sites, um, head over to daringwomaninc.com forward slash stories and just click on Marsha's, um, Marsha's post and that will open up and you can get the book there. All right. Well, thank you so much, Martha. Uh, Marsha, excuse me. I keep calling you Martha. Um, I'm dealing with my own <laughs> speaking challenges. I had a recently, and now nothing is working right in my mouth. Um, so I apologize for that. But you know, thank no you guys for coming on, and um, and I'm just thrilled to see the progress that you have thank made you, Tracy. over the past few years. Yeah, thank it's you. Awesome. All right, for those of you listening, you know the drill. Come on over, join us in our Facebook group. It is our safe haven the place where you can go and let your hair down and just get off your chest, whatever's on, you know, whatever you need to. We're here for you. We're here to love and support you. There's no hate, no judgment, just safe, safety, love and support. So it's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash daring woman. And we will see you there and we will talk to you next week on the show. Thanks. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.